You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Go ahead, Mr. Cameron. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. How are you this morning? A couple of you are good and blessed. How are the rest of y'all? There we go couple announcements for you this morning. We're going to start with this next Sunday, which is the 29th. There will be no kids service and no junior high service because we are having one family service in here all together because no ministry is a church onto its own. We are all Harvest Bible Church. No matter what ministry we're a part of, we are all together. And Pastor Mark and Pastor Pam are going to preach together. So we... So... Uh, so Next week, cancel your lunch plans. Make dinner plans instead. We might be out by then. (laughs) No, he's good. Make your lunch plans. And, of course, I'm going to come up here because I got something youth-related to say. So this upcoming Wednesday is the 25th. We are doing a youth outreach. Youth outside, we're taking over the backyard. Um, This is an outreach for kids to invite their friends to so that they have a chance to know who Jesus is. And... That's our heart with this event is for something fun. We're going to be having a basketball tournament. We're going to be having some spike ball. And um, we had one other thing um, because we saw that it was going to be 100 degrees outside. 103. Um, So because Pastor Mark and Pastor Pam love the youth so much, they are letting us get a water slide inflatable rental for you guys. So if you know anybody, send them this way. because, you know, heat stroke is no joke. Uh, I didn't mean to rhyme, but I'm just a poet. I didn't even know it. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I one time went to a summer camp in this similar type of weather, and I decided to go on a water cleanse, meaning, you know, cleanse my body of all water and replace it with sugar-free Red Bull and Dr. Pepper. And um, I got heat stroke, and I was in bed from about... 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., so we want something for them to stay hydrated, to stay wet, and to stay cool, and uh, we definitely don't need to talk about the fact that that happened when I was an adult, not a youth student, but we can just move on, Um, but anyways, this Wednesday, we're going to open up those backyard gates at 6.30, so if you know somebody who wants to come, if you're a youth student here, make sure you get here this Wednesday, because we are going to have a great time this Wednesday, Amen? amen? All right, that's it for me, Pastor Mark, if you would come up. We dismissed them to junior high, too. I forgot to dismiss my own class. Yeah, his own class, yeah. Junior high, sixth to eighth grade. If you guys want to follow that lovely group of people right there out to the front, we'll meet you in the red room. Come on, Miss Tracy. That's a, that's a hard act to follow. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I'm standing in for Miss Marilyn this morning, so I, I, I made notes because I want to represent her well. Um, I've been involved with the prayer team since it started, and I also joined the CAT team as soon as they got up and running, and um, because I knew I needed to be more in, more educated so that I could be more involved in uh, praying for our nation, praying for our country, and also having the proper action to go along with it. Um, I along with that, signed up for the biblical citizenship class and have been learning an amazing amount or relearning. We all learn this, supposedly. 
in high school and all that. Um, relearning that we the people means me. And um, that's been very sobering. I, I would believe for all of us in the class. And um, so tonight's class is on of, um, oh, I read it this morning. I'm so sorry. See? King and Judge. And so a lot, lot in the news about the Supreme Court, a lot in the news about our highest office in the land. Tonight we're going to be looking at that. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if you're not enrolled in the class, you're welcome to attend tonight. We have seats. And it's a free class. You may not have the book, but you might really want to check out what kind of a class it is. It's, it's really amazing. Anyway, hope Miss Marilyn is not watching. I'll, I'll tell her later. Um, and it may not be the darkest time in human history. Um, because there's been a lot of crazy things that hap- have happened in human history. I mean, we, we want to look at it right now and go, this, is, this has got to be it, right? But looking at history, there's some crazier things than now. However, without Reformation and revival, it could be headed that way. And so God has given an assignment to Harvest Bible Church, an assignment to Pastors Mark and Pam, and uh, he's, he's stirring us up in that assignment. And, and I have news for you this morning, you might not know this, but the assignment that he has, we have. So that great, exciting word that Gary Batt spoke over him and Miss Pam a couple weeks ago, you might want to go back and revisit that for yourself. I know I have a couple times, and it's just, it fires me up. Anyway, um, the reason for my announcement this morning is that we would like to invite you to join us in um, 30 days of prayer for Harvest Bible Church, the city of Stockton and county of San Joaquin, state of California, the United States, obviously, and the nations. Um, We feel like we are called and have a responsibility to pray into some of these situations in in this season. And so we have decided that we're going to do a 24-hour prayer um, for 30 days, and we need at least 24 people to, to join us. If we had 48, we could, you could have a partner for an hour. You could both be praying for an hour, or you could split the hour. Um, but we have decided that a, a, a specific directed... Uh, prayer time over some of these. We, and we've, we've come up with 12 areas that we're going to be praying about. Um, we have those listed out. We have added some tools for you. If you don't know, if you don't think, wow, I can't pray for an hour for the elections or for Harvest Bible Church or 
we have put together some resources to get you started. You know, there's prayer points in there with scriptures attached that, you know, you can pray for your family, for the families of HBC. And there are 12 categories, um, including a lot for Harvest Bible Church, for the leadership of the church and um, the families of the church and the ministries of the church and the building of the new facility. So everybody has kind of a hot button that you know, oh, I could pray about that. I, I believe very strongly in that. I love that. I love children's ministry. I think it's, you know, the most important thing. Well, praise God. Somebody has to think that's the most important thing because other people have other important things that we're covering. So there's going to be a sign-up sheet out there. We are inviting you to join with us. And this is how the Lord um, put it to me. If we are going to storm the gates of hell, we want God to be the leader, leading, guiding, and directing that charge. And if we're all in unity, praying together towards the same things with the same word. If we have the word, we'll be in faith. Then we're going to um, do better than just winging it. Amen? So um, sign up out at the table. We're going to start. We'll have the sign up out there this week, this Sunday, Wednesday, and then next Sunday, and then we're going to kick it off. By the way, you can start praying now if you'd like. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. We believe in prayer tremendously. And uh, in, it's not that you have to pay the, pray the whole 24 hours. It's just one hour. One hour. It's and if you want to grab a friend and say, hey, I can do this. You can pray a half hour. I can get them together. That means we could have 48. Jesus said, could you, not, could you not pray with me, you know, one hour with the disciples? That's why it's always, you know, the one hour thing is, Jesus, can you not just pray one hour? Could you not stay awake for an hour? You know, the challenge of things there. So praise the Lord. And it's, it's such a blessing because we need to pray. We, that's, that's, our, that's our greatest asset that we have is letting God and getting God's will on the earth. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hey, well... If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Joel chapter 3. Joel chapter 3. It's in the Old Testament there. And, um, you know, also on this next upcoming Sunday, uh, yeah, Pastor Pam and I are going to share the, the spotlight and the, and the, uh, the pulpit here. It's going to be fun. Uh, and if you've ever watched this on a Saturday night when we used to do the, the, the Facebook thing, it's always a challenge. So it's going to be fun. No, we're going to have a good time. Um, actually, I think I was told she is going to do the bulk of, of sharing. I am going to do the bulk of acting. I don't know what that means, though. <laughs> so I'm not sure what that is. So it's, it's, it's kind of like the Bible says that you're supposed to listen to the teaching of your mom, and you're supposed to watch the example of your father. That's what Proverbs says, you know, talks about, sorry, sorry for you guys, because so, we're supposed to live it. Mom's supposed to say it, guys are supposed to live it, so it works good. But the key is, 
and examples. We're supposed to say it too. I know that just messed everybody up. But, cause, but it's in between mom and father's day, okay? So I can say that kind of stuff and, and get away with it. Because we are supposed to live it. It's supposed to be, hey, it's the actions of things. Not that you're not supposed to listen to your dad. I made sure I listened to my father. Because if you didn't, your consequences were serious. But anyways, so we're going to have a lot of fun. Actually, we're going to have a lot of fun. Kids are going to show you how to actually worship. They're going to have, they're going to show you how it's done. I love, I love kids worship. If you've never seen our kids worship, they're phenomenal. They know how to get into it. And, uh, that's the, the wonderful thing about it. So, so they're going to, they're going to show you how it's done next week. So if you want to come, I know it's Memorial weekend, many people doing things, but we're going to have a blast. Amen. Hey, here in Joel chapter three, uh, if you watched Wednesday night on, you know, if you saw our, our, uh, services and stuff, or if you were here, uh, you know, it seemed like I was having a meltdown, but I really wasn't. Uh, as one person said, well, we actually realized you're, you're a real person. I said, yeah, I am a real person. I have emotion. I have all kinds of things. But the reason, and I shared that I had to make a, some, a, a very difficult decision, some decisions in my life, and it got everybody nervous. Everybody shut down. I was like, oh, is he leaving? No, I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. I just had to make... There was a decision that needed to be made, and I've been mulling over this decision for two years, praying about it, because it was something that I was doing, and really just asking the Lord and talking about it, because I don't ever make decisions that are life-changing uh, just off the top of my head, amen? And so, uh, you know, as of Tuesday, actually as of Wednesday of this past week, I am no longer the senior chaplain for Fire Stockton Fire, and, uh, which I'd been there for 14 years. And, um, and, you know, and, and I loved doing what I've done. I really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, that's why it was very difficult when the Lord spoke to my heart and talked to me uh, two years ago in 2020 and, and told me there was going to be a shift and you were going to get out of this. And I thought, oh. so actually I tried back then just to do it, but nobody would let me. <sighs> and so, you know, when you make a decision or when you have to do something, and here, let me just read this scripture to you. This is a great scripture in the Bible because the Lord began to put me back into it. And so I almost preached this Wednesday, but the Lord, I just, there was a lot of other things going on. But anyways, in the King James Version, it says, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Isn't that an incredible verse? How many of you that there's multitudes of people? The, the New Living Translation says thousands and thousands of people in the valley of decision. But it says also that the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision because there's things taking place. How many of you know that we have to make decisions every single day of our lives on different things? But when it comes to big things or what you got to really check and see, hey, how do I change it? Because that, that's a big shift for me because that was an identity that I was part of my identity. So I have to shift over. And the reason God's doing things is because he has some other assignments that we're going to be doing. And many times what happens is, is that most people make decisions, you know, one of three ways. They either flip a coin, heads I do that, tails I don't. Okay, good. That's, that's some serious things right there. You can have a lot of problems with that one, okay? Or they turn around and they gather all the facts. And they get enough facts. And they say, this looks great. The problem is, is that we never, get a, we never have all the facts. We never have all that. And the third way is revelation, where God reveals that decision to you and you do it no matter what the circumstance, no matter what's going on, but it's a, revela- it's a revealed truth to you. Amen? And that's the way Christians are supposed to go because our decisions should not be based on choices. The devil loves to do multiple choice. 
I'll never forget when I got that revelation. I was teaching a class. It was called School of Ministry. I was teaching a class and teaching that. And all of a sudden, I start talking about decisions and choices. And it was like I was standing outside of my body. It's only happened a very few times in my life. And I was listening. It was like I was standing here watching myself. And I, I can't really explain it. But I'm listening to what I'm saying. I'm going... Man, that's good. I wish somebody would write that down. That's really good. That's so good. That, and, uh, and God gave it to me. And so I began to write it. And that's how this whole message really began to, to unwind. And I think it's because I was making decisions based on the choices that I had. Have you ever heard this statement? Have you ever heard this statement? Hey, listen, you only got these two choices. You might as well take the lesser of two evils. I mean, both of them are bad. So you might as well take the one that's not going to hurt as bad. Amen. It's like, well, I got to be, I got to do, you know, it's like, wow, you know, but then God said, wait a minute, there's always the God factor in it. There's always the God factor in things because as we stand up to make these choices and believe it or not, guess what? Choices or does not, decisions, let's go back to saying decisions instead of choices, but decision, when we make decisions, decisions determine direction and direction determines the destiny that you have. And how you know it's very difficult when you have to make decisions and you know, wait a minute, this is going to affect this, this is going to affect this person, it's going to do this. And, and you have to learn how to go with your heart and not with your head. Amen? You know, when I had to make the decision to come to California 20 some odd years ago, uh, my church was fine. Everything was great. I had great people. Great. Thing. It was really good. Our church was completely paid for. I had a full staff. I often laugh at this. I had a full-time paid janitor. Oh. We, we still don't have a full-time paid janitor. We have people that just are blessings and wonderful. But, you know, when you've got a full-time paid handyman and you don't have to do anything, oh, as a pastor, you just think, oh, I have gone to heaven. You know, and, uh, you know, my office was, was uh, 40 by 40. Uh, I, I, you know, this little thing used to be my office, this little cubbyhole right here. <laughs> You know, because we kept growing. I, I had a nice office over there where the kids' church is. They kicked me out of that. <laughs> and then until we finally got over here, and now I have, you know, my office is cool. But it's like, you know, it's only 10 by 15. <laughs> I've never gotten back to my 40 by 40. <laughs> see, that, my office would be the same size as the red room. That would be, see, that was the size of my office. You could do laps. You could work out in it. You could do all kinds. It was fun. <laughs> Anyways, I know I'm having a little bit of meltdown right now. It's good. <laughs> Calm down. Everything's good. No, I'm happy. I really am. Uh, but when I made the decision to come, it was such a hard decision of knowing, God, why would you take me from one church and give me another assignment to go start another church? You know, it's one thing to go from being a pastor, go be a missionary or traveling or doing something, but to go and to give up one group of people to go over here because God's calling you to start over here again all over. And, uh, but I knew in my heart that's what God said to do because I had prayed it out and because I'd made a decision, not a choice. Amen? And when you make decisions, because you go, well, wait a minute. You're, when, you know, one of the things the Lord told me is, listen, when you say yes to this, you're saying no to this, but I'll take care of this. You just follow there. And, and you have to, because God has things that you do. Amen? So I want to share with you this morning on how to make decisions or how to get out of the valley of, of decision and how to do it so that you don't get so, uh, you know, that you, the devil doesn't continue to beat you up. See, when I had to make that decision, I had to do two major decisions in my life at that particular time. And so I was praying about it, praying about it, and the Lord, it, it challenged me. But for two weeks, I agonized. In fact, in two weeks, I lost 14 pounds. And my hair started falling out. 
And I don't have enough up there to have it to fall out at all. So I got to keep that stuff. You know, I started praying to keep my hair. It was looking And it actually is better now than it was then. So, uh, but he said, well, why did you? Because I was, I could not understand. I couldn't, well, why God? Because everything was fine. You know, usually if it's like, if it's terrible. Now you've heard me tell all the bad stories about Pittsburgh, okay? You know, and it was, it was an interesting place. But it was, there were so many wonderful people, so awesome. They're just so precious. And, and the thing about people in the north uh, uh, of the United States, when you get up into Pennsylvania and the New England areas, when, you're the, when you finally win them over, it takes you years to win them over. But when you finally win them over, they are friends for life. They are so precious. And so they're wonderful folks, wonderful folks. And the funny thing about it is when God spoke to my heart and we finally got it all out there, now most of them had to hate me to let me go. <laughs> That's sad, huh? But then they all love me now. Everything's good now. Everything's wonderful. But why do I share this? It's because God has a divine destiny for our lives. We got to make sure that decisions are made by a revelation of God, not by choices, because then it, we always keep second guessing ourselves and we'll always stay in the valley of decision. Amen? And we don't want to stay in the valley of decision. I, I, I humorously used to say, this is the valley of oh no. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> We've all been in that. Oh no. God, no, 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 no. So I want to share with you the process that God gave me, the process that we need to walk through because Here's the thing. We are in a, in a time and a season right now where we need to make right decisions. And we need to make decisions that stand and we need to stand up and say, okay, Lord, this is what we're going to do. Amen? Because you have a plan. You have a purpose. So the very first thing that I always do is I make sure that I don't make a hasty decision. I don't get in a hurry. So if we have, but what if I need to do it? Listen, if it needs to be done and if it's the best deal in the world and I need to do it and I have to do it so fast, I miss it. <laughs> Why? Because I'd rather have peace than stay in the valley of Ono. Okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, and the Bible says in Isaiah 28, 16, it says, he that believes does not make haste. Amen? When you see those things, nothing about it. And he, here's, here's in, uh, in Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 2 and 3 out of the New Living Translation says this, enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. <laughs> Haste makes mistakes. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness, and then they're angry at God. Woo! Everybody say amen on that one. We let's mess everything up, then we go, God's all your fault. You're supposed to stop me. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do this for me. You know, one thing I found out about God is he won't make my decisions for me. Amen? He won't. I wish he would. I wish I was a robot after I got saved. Said, okay, just do this, just do this, just do this. It would have been really good, you know. But what happens is, is that we have to make a decision and we have to follow peace. If you don't get anything else, understand this. Always follow peace. Always follow after peace. Hallelujah. If you can't got peace, then just hang on till you get peace. Amen. Glory to God. Psalms 25 verses 4 and 5 says this. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long, I put my hope in you. Now, hit your neighbor, because I'm about to give you one of the greatest pieces of advice 
anybody ever gave me. And it was by the Spirit of God. It's the most, it has helped me more than anything else to walk in peace in my life. So you get ready? Are y'all ready? Y'all listening? You do not have to answer every question that comes to your mind. You do not have to have the answer for every question that comes into your mind. Just take a selah on that one. That just, I'm telling you, that's Holy Ghost so great. Because see, I thought that every time I thought about something, I got to have an answer. I got to figure it out. Now see, you, you may thought, hey, I have so many things I don't know anything. I just forget. That's good. I'm glad you have that kind of a mind. That's awesome. My mind was always like, you need to figure it out. You need to answer it. You need to do this. But man, when I realized I didn't have to answer every question that came to my mind because the devil was always trying to tell me, well, how are you going to do this? What's going to do now? What are you going to do now? How are you going to do this? What's going to happen now? You don't have enough. It ain't going to happen. Look what's going on. You got to get it done by this time. It's going to be done by this time. It's going to be this. Look at you got a deadline. Look at this person. Look, it's going to affect this person. It's going to affect them. If you say this, it's going to make that person mad. If you do this, it's going to make that three people mad. <laughs> See, y'all got tired just listening to my mind. Imagine if you were in there. I got to walk around with this thing. It's challenging. It's like, come on. You see, the devil loves to get you to meditate on things you don't have or things you can't do or, or things that haven't happened or things that... It's a, you got to say, wait a minute. No, no, I've got to... Because you know, that was the thing. When the Lord spoke to my... And every time I get into the presence of God, I had the peace to come to California. And we can see the hand of God. We can see what... what so on. But every time I'd walk around in my head... I'd be like, oh, gosh. Because people say, well, we don't understand why you hate us. Why, why are, how come there's people out there better than us? And that's tough as a pastor because I gave up my life for those people. I love them. I still love them. But God said I got an assignment. God said it to me this way. He said, I don't care what you've done over the last 15 years of ministry. Will you be obedient now? I say, what do you want me to do? And then all of my pastor friends and everybody else and everybody said, you're crazy. What's wrong with you? You got a, your church is paid for. You got people coming. Everything's great. You got all this. What's, what's wrong with you? You're the regional director. You got all of Pennsylvania, New York, and all six of the New England states. I mean, you got all this prestige. And at that particular time, you got a reserve seat at a Kenneth Hagin meeting. That was golden. <laughs> Because thousands of people are trying, and you got a reserved seat. You don't. You can get there late and get in. You know, the front row. You can walk in like you a big shot, and you're giving up all that, giving up your church, giving up your security. I mean, I had people just, all my pastoral friends calling, you know, one in particular, telling me, hey, listen, you are going to go out there and you're never going to be in the ministry. You're going to die young. It's going to be terrible. He said, that's what you need. They give me examples about their brother-in-laws or about this person. I mean, everybody was telling me how stupid I was. And I said, well, here's the key. When you're here and you know what God's speaking to your heart, then here's the thing. If I don't obey God now, then I might as well throw away 15 years of ministry. Because the same voice, the same spirit, the same Lord that's been leading me to have all of this great success, as you guys say, is the same spirit and the same Lord that's leading me here. <laughs> now that shut him up just a little bit. Okay. But, but, but here's the thing too, is that that brings me to number two, is, is you cannot walk in accordance to circumstances or feelings or what's going on there. 
You can't go by what everybody else is saying and you can't be pressured to do what everybody else is. So you don't walk by sight, you don't walk by circumstances and you don't walk by feelings. The Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen? The Bible says that, you know, we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. And when we see that, it just... It, it, it just is amazing. But let me just share something. Your emotions will go crazy. Like, my emotions were going crazy. He said, well, why was that such a big deal to, to not be the chaplain for the fire department? It's because I felt like I was making a difference. I felt like I could help them. I still feel like I can help them. You know? I still feel like there's things that we can do. So I'm still going to pray for them. I just, you know, you said, well, then why did you? Because the Lord said, I need you another assignment. He said, what is the next assignment? I don't know. <laughs> God never tells you what he did. You know, if he does that, then you walk by sight. He always had to walk by faith. He has never told me. He said, you know, because when, when I resigned the, the church, he said, listen, you're going to go to a city whose builder and maker is God. When, when I resigned my church, I flew out here to uh, get a house. And I had one week to do it and to do some things to fly and then go move my family. I flew out here. I thought, I wrote 300 letters saying I was going to start a church in Vacaville. I got off the plane in San Francisco because I didn't know anything else. Got in San got rented a car. I, I drive to Vacaville. I rent a hotel and I'm, I'm going to pray and see where I'm going to go. I'm going to get up the next morning and, and go And God doesn't let us sleep. I've been praying all night long. He said, get out of here. This is not the place. Get out of here. I mean, I, I, thought, I thought we were going to get mugged or something. I didn't know what was going to I thought we got to get up and go. We just got to sleep. We should go. I don't know where we're going. Where are we going? I don't know. We're just going to go. So then we left there and drove down 80. And then we drove up and prayed in Sacramento and Auburn. And then we turned around and came down 99 and prayed, you know, in, in every place. And the funny thing about it is we bypassed Stockton. <laughs> we didn't pray in Stockton on the way down, you know. We didn't. We didn't because everybody I talked to in California says, go anywhere except Stockton. And I should have known right then. I should have known right then. That's where I was going. Should have known right then. So then we bypassed. We went down to Modesto. I thought, oh, yes, this is, you know, I grew up in Hillmore. This would be a great place. Then we went to Turlock. Then we went to Atwater. And we prayed in Merced. You know, then we prayed in Chowchilla. Then we prayed in Madera. And then we prayed in Clovis. Then we prayed in, in Fresno. We went all the way down to Visalia and prayed in Visalia. And I'm praying. And I'm getting nothing. And I'm like, God, it's Thursday. I got to fly back on Saturday. We're in trouble here. And so I'm, I'm just going up. And I'm just praying all of a sudden, you know. The Lord said, you missed one. Hallelujah. So we came back. We got off on a road called Wilson Way. It's a true story. Who's your in? Or whatever that was there, you know? Went in and had breakfast. Sat down and the Lord said, and all of a sudden looked at, this is it. This is it. Now we got to figure out where. What? You know? So we got a house, believe it or not, that day. Rented a house. By, and the lady let it by faith, basically. Well, what are you going to do? I don't know. I'm going to pastor a church. Do you have a job? No. <laughs> but we're, we're going to be here. Okay. So, you know, gave it first the last month and said, we'll be back. Went down again and then drove out here thinking, okay, this is crazy. And it was crazy, but it was God. But I made that decision. So here's the thing about it. You can't let your emotions, especially when I'm talking life changing, you know, this is, these are big decisions. And here's, here's probably one of the biggest things, because I was talking to Cameron. Cameron's not in it because he's teaching the youth. But he said there's a guy that's, that's got millions of followers who wants to just take the word of God and kind of do anything he wants to do. 
And one of his big things is, is, well, the Bible doesn't say anything about that, so it's okay. So the Bible doesn't say anything about that, so it must be okay. The Bible doesn't say anything about that, so it must be okay. You know, the Bible doesn't say don't drink strychnine either, but it's not okay. <laughs> okay. The Bible, you know, you know, it's... Uh, you know, the Bible, you know, Bible says if you eat any deadly thing, you're going to be okay. The problem is, is that it doesn't tell you, I'll tell you also, don't tempt the Lord thy God, okay? But here's what people do, is that people go on what the Lord doesn't say instead of going on what the Lord does say. And this has messed up people for many, many years. In fact, you know, my mentor, which is Kenneth, Kenneth E. Hagen, who's been in heaven and everything, but he made a statement. He said, I go on as much as what the Holy Spirit doesn't say as by what he does say. And everybody took that totally wrong. They took it as if, well, if God doesn't tell me, if he doesn't tell me no, then it must be okay. Are you kidding? God will let you rob as many banks as you want. God will let you fall flat on your God, You can do, we all know that because he's letting people do it in all kinds of areas. But the Bible doesn't say that we are led by what God doesn't say. The Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen? So if God doesn't say, if you ask the Lord about something, he doesn't say something to, about, it, about it, guess what? You don't do it. That's not permission. See, yeah, nah, I know y'all been letting, God, I'm not going to even talk to God about that. I'm just going to do it. But no, the thing about it is, is that because it'll get you in tremendous trouble. See, here's the thing about it. There is a big, big, big difference between God leading you to do something and God letting you do something. You know, God has let me miss up, mess up and lose money by investing or by helping or by doing. God has let me just, you know, make so many stupid mistakes. And I have done just like that scripture says. I messed it all up. And I said, God, what are you doing? And his answer is always, what, were you led? Or was it you? It's like, you know, did you ask me or, or did you just do it? And one of his famous sayings to me is, listen, God says, what I order, I pay for. What you order, you pay for. And you ordered this. <laughs> Y'all okay? Hallelujah. Because it helps you to understand. Because many times what happens in making a decision, we allow our emotions, we allow things to mess us up, or we allow others to make a decision for us. You know, and we can't let others or others pressure us into making that decision because everybody will make that decision for you so it benefits them, not you. Amen. I mean, we've got to handle this same thing. But you also have to understand there is a time that you have to make a decision. I mean, you know, God has amazing timing. And he has a place in timing. When God wants it and you're doing it and you're following God's plan, then timing is everything. And when you do it, it's just like, wow, wow, look at this. God's blessing, God's hand, God's thing, you know. And we saw that in the timing of God. It was such an incredible timing of God when we purchased our whole facility here, what God told us to do, how we sent our two board members, how it just, I mean, it was amazing, the timing of God and everything. And it just all fell right into place. There it was. Hallelujah. Now, you know, we got to listen. Someone says, well, how do I know if it's me? Or... Well, you got to follow peace. 
You got to listen to the inward voice on the inside. You got to listen to the inward witness where it just seems good. It's, it seems good. It's just these things here. But also, sometimes God, he'll do things because he doesn't. Like, remember John chapter 16 and verse 13, he says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, will come? He will not speak of himself, but he, he will guide you into all truth. And he will show you things to come. Well, that word show means he's going to do it by intensity and repetition. Some, you know, we don't walk by sight, but some people are just, they, they just don't want to look at all the signs. Amen. And God's going to do it. You know, we want to take hold of the truths of the word of God and allow that. And yet we want to be spiritual and get it on our own. And sometimes it's okay to let people speak into your life. Amen. And to give you wisdom. Because they may see some things that you're not seeing. Hallelujah. But when we see it, hallelujah, we thank God for his grace and his things. Amen. But it brings peace to you. See, Wednesday, I was in agony. Tuesday, I was, because I was just like, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I letting people, you know, because it was, it was a tough day. Tough two days, you know. But today, as you can see, I'm happy. I have peace. I do. And and, am I sad? Yeah, no, do I appreciate that? I appreciated the opportunity. I thank God for being able to be there to do it. And I, I, you know, got to touch a lot of lives. But uh, I'm excited about what God has next. How you know if you made the right decision? It's when you go, ah, praise the Lord. It's not relieving pressure. You know, it's just knowing God has something and it's okay. It's okay. God has it. How do I can see God's hand? Hallelujah. Amen. And here's the last thing that I always do. And this is something that you have to do is that once you make that decision, hallelujah, don't change. It's amazing how many people pray. I pray with people. We talk, get into the presence of God, and then they leave and go. And then two days later, like, yeah, but I just don't know. I just don't know. And I'm not sure if it's right. I'm like, wait a minute. We, you, we taught, you know, you're all new here, but it, you get away. And then the devil, see, that's where you got to get back over. Remember I said when I got over in the natural, I'd be like, oh, God. Well, so as long as I stayed over praying and getting what God's will is, I knew this was the direction I needed to go. Amen. Because the Bible says that the sign of a spiritual pilgrim is one that swears to his own hurt and changes not. Amen? We have to let our yes be yes and our no, no. Amen? God does, God does good things there. Hallelujah. We see it. And do you know why many people don't make decisions or many people don't allow uh, uh, God to move them in the right direction or know that they're in the will of God? To know that I am in the perfect will of God and I'm doing what God's called me to do is because they started to do a lot of things before in their lives and they never finished. Their hall closet or their garage is completely cluttered. You know, if we were going to go into your garage and try to clean it out, we'd probably find things from 1950 or maybe 1960 to the 70s or the 80s, whatever we'd find. We would find things in there and be like, whoa, I know that dated a lot of us here, but that's okay. uh, Some of you, we'd find some from the 90s, you'd say. And we, I hear people saying that, oh man, they're from the 90s. And I'm going, sheesh. <laughs> I'm thinking, golly, I was an old guy in the 90s. Something. What are we doing here? But people have, they're cluttered. So I want to get you uncluttered. You need to get uncluttered. Because spiritual things, listen, we need to be keen in the spirit. We need to be knowing the plan and the purpose of God. Hallelujah. 
and we need to go in and clean out our closets. Most people don't like to do it, but you got to go in and clean your closet. How do you clean your closet on the inside? Well, you got to get before the Lord. How do you know revelation doesn't just drop on you? You got to get into God's presence to get it. You got to seek the Lord. You got to hunger. You got to pray. You got to fellowship with God. You got to get. And here's the night. And, and the reason that this thing, you know, started in a lot of ways, and I asked my, my, my wife this question, and uh, she was just real precious and real helpful in, in it, in the sense of, I said, let me ask you this question, you know. Uh, the Lord just told me some things in me. He said, you got to get the things in your past settled. You got to get the things in your past settled. And I thought, okay, what do we mean by that? And he said, and then he began to tell me about you got you to clean your whole closet again. Because you've done this, you're doing this, and you're doing, and you get into a rut. You get into this thing to where, where we're just going through the motions. I'm just going through, I'm waiting for this day, or I'm waiting for, you know, most people have a someday syndrome. Someday, I'm going to serve God. Someday, I'm going to pay my tithes. Someday, I'm going to do this. Someday, I, I, I'm going to get to this. Someday, we're going to do this great vacation, or someday, we're going to, it's always someday, and it's never planned, because we never take hold of it, and we never clean it up, or someday, I'm going to obey God. It's amazing how many people that, when I started, we all started out together, but they were all on a someday, God's going to do something. You know, someday I'll, I'll do this. I'm going to do this, but someday. You know, I got out of the someday syndrome a long time ago. I just, just do it. So you just jump out and then you go, okay, how are we going to make this work? <laughs> okay, Gore. You said jump, I jump. What are we doing? You know, and uh, hallelujah. But then the Lord began to deal with my heart. How do, how do we settle the things in our life? Well, in the scripture, in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, and this is out of the New Living too, it says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And you clean up your closet and you clean up on the inside by basically getting into the presence of God, getting down at the altar, kneeling, and taking out all your desires, all your thoughts, all the things. God, here, you know, I thought this was going to happen. It didn't. What was that? Was that, you know, was that me, you? Is that something I can throw away? Or is that something that is still going to transpire in my life? Is it still going to happen? These are dreams. These are visions. These are things that I feel like you've done. But I, God, I want to give it all to you. See, when you give it all to God, then it doesn't matter what God, he tells you to go do you. You can be free to receive it. You can do this. Because how many know that right decisions make you stronger? How many know bad decisions mess you up? (laughs) We've all done that, you know. Hallelujah. But the biggest decision that we need to make is that we're going to take God's word as as our final authority. We're going to stand on the word of God. And I'm so happy. I've, I haven't made all the right decisions, but thank God I've made a, enough of them. Amen? And the only time I mess up is when I get in a hurry. The only time I mess up is when I listen to all of the things that are going on around us instead of listening to my heart. And I, and I violate what I believe in my heart. And so I have to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to do that. You know? And then the Lord spoke to my heart this. He said, did you know that a maybe is a killer bee? You know, because you can maybe, you can maybe all kind of things. He said, I mean, maybes will bring you into confusion. They'll mess you all up. And then he made this statement to me. He said, quit throwing away your heritage by why and how come. 
quit throwing away what I've bought and paid for. Quit throwing away what the Lord Jesus Christ has done and all the things that God, all the promises of God, all the blessings of God, all the things that God's done in our lives, all the things that he's talked about and walking into by, oh, how come this has happened? Well, why is this? He said, quit throwing away your heritage by the why and the how come. Man, I stopped stopped asking God why a long time ago because why always turns into whining and it messes everything up. You can always tell. People always have that whine in their voice and you know they're not going to be, they're going to be defeated, you know. And the how come? The how come is there's an enemy arrayed against us. There's a devil that's arrayed against us. How come I didn't, I didn't do the timing of God? I didn't listen, right? I, I, I just stopped blaming God, and I started just walking in the heritage that I have, and then I said, Lord, you just keep making this heritage come to pass. Hallelujah. I'm a child of God. I'm born again, spirit-filled. Hallelujah. Glory to God, God's plan and purpose. And just throw this in. If you're going to sign up for prayer and everything else, and you can't think what to pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in other tongues. Pray in the Spirit. I don't. If you just can't think, of it, pray in the Spirit for an hour. That'll change your life, and that'll help us, because you'll pray the perfect will of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we'll close on this scripture here. Proverbs chapter three, verse five says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding." Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you and love you. Thank you for these amazing folks that are here. Lord, I've I've shared my heart. I've shared my story. I've shared what it is to make decisions and get out of the valley of decision or the valley of, oh, no. Hallelujah. Getting into the presence of God and walking in your plan and your purpose for our life. Yes, Lord, you do have your hand upon Harvest Bible Church. Yes, you have your hand on every person that's here and every person that you bring here. We want to touch their lives. We want people to be born into the kingdom of God. That's our heart's cry. That's our heart's desire. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. But Lord, we want to be good stewards of everything you've given unto us. Good stewards. Father, you can trust us. And you can trust us to listen. And you can trust us to pray. And be that voice that you've called us to be. So Lord, I thank you for every person here. But Father, I don't know everybody here on on an intimate level. Father, you do. You know each and every one and you know the heart of every individual. And if there's anyone here that really doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior, that really don't have that personal relationship that causes them to know that if they died today, they would be in heaven instantly. To be absent from the body would be present with the Lord. Father, my heart's cry is that they would know that. And those that are watching, that they would make that decision to say, I want to make a decision to receive it. Because that's the greatest decision. It's a decision that God has revealed in your heart that Jesus is real, that he did die for me, and that he is my Lord and Savior, and my life is changed because I believe that and because I declare it. Hallelujah. So as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if there's anyone here, you say, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life, or I want to come back to God, just raise your hand real high. We always do an altar call because we want the world to know, hey, we need to receive you. We got to acknowledge him. Hallelujah. And if you didn't raise it, and I raise it, raise it up high. Hallelujah. Don't be ashamed. Glory to God. And if you're watching or doing, the Bible says, if you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And the name of the Lord is the Lord Jesus. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the church. I thank you, Father God, for the church. 
Thank you for your hand upon Harvest Bible Church and upon the church universal of everybody that's, that's preaching the name of Christ. Lord, we have to lift our voices. Yes, these are dark times and they're going to get darker. The gross darkness is going to cover the people more and more. But the church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. And we are going to be a place of refuge. We are going to be a place of hope. We are going to be a place of healing. We are going to be a place of deliverance. We're going to be a place, Father, where people can come and run to and be set free and in a place where we can teach them the Word of God and they can rise up in their authority. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Lord, we honor you for it. We thank you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.